welcome to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for joining us today. Get ready to be inspired and motivated to live a high-impact life. Now, here's Rick. Welcome to another episode of the Point of Impact podcast. I'm Rick McDaniel. Thanks again for joining us today. And we are going to talk about something I think that's really important as we enter into this new season. And the new season is of the post-pandemic season. The CDC has come out and basically said, if you're vaccinated, you're pretty much good to go. So the masks are going to be coming off and more and more things are going to return in terms of uh, movie theaters are now opening up and restaurants, uh, indoor seating is expanding, sports events, people are Uh, now being able to go in some places full 100% capacity, and that will continue, I'm sure, to expand throughout the country. And so we're moving into this new season of re-entry, if you want to call it that. I think that's that's a fair thing to to call it, re-entry. And as we move into this new uh, season of re-entry, things begin to change in, in the sense that they change back more toward the way that they were before. And one of those big changes is the change that will happen in terms of our relationships. There are some that have spent the better part of a year in some form of isolation. As I've said before on this podcast, I am not one of those people, but I understand that those people are out there. And even those who weren't, say, completely isolated certainly were uh, significantly isolated in terms of what they would have been doing normally. So as we begin to re-engage, our relational dynamic takes on uh, a whole new level. And that brings up some very interesting issues, in my opinion. Because if you're used to being more alone, if you're used to your lifestyle in terms of your grooming and your dress and uh, your eating and your drinking and all these things, if those things have been mostly uh, isolated, solitary, confined, whatever terminology you want to use... And you begin then to re-enter society, then some things are going to have to change. Some things are going to have to be adjusted. And this episode is really about that. Uh, About 10 ways that we can uh, be less attractive uh, toward other people in terms of our relationships and how we need to be aware of these. Some of these, of course, have always been there. They've always been things that we should be looking at in our lives and making the appropriate changes and adjustments. But some of them, I think, take on greater and greater significance because we're coming out of this one-year hibernation and now we're re-engaging relationally and we need to make sure we're we're making the, the best impression that we can make. For those of you that are single, this is, you know, this is time to get back out there and start dating again in the normal, regular way. 
and you certainly want to make sure you're putting your best foot forward, so to speak. But even those of you that are looking at the professional side of your relationships or even your friendships, how we uh, present ourselves and uh, the level of our attractiveness, and I'm going to use that attractiveness now in the largest sense of the word, not just romantic attraction uh, between a man and a woman. I'm, t- I'm talking about uh, something e- even bigger than that, just in terms of our overall impression that we make uh, towards people as we interact with them. But certainly, I'm speaking to the singles today for sure, who are ready to uh, mingle again. And uh, if you're going to do it successfully, what are the things that you have to look out for in terms of uh, the attractiveness quotient or the attractiveness level? So I'm going to share 10 today, 10 10 ways that you can be less attractive and thus you want to make sure that you are working on all of these aspects of of your life. So let's just begin with one that's always big, comes up in every single study that I've ever read, all the years I've worked with couples and counseling them and helping them, talking with singles and people who are dating, comes up time and time again and it is the issue of honesty or, or in this case dishonesty. It's always tempting to lie to make yourself seem more attractive, but it doesn't work. It does not work. And especially women do not like dishonesty in men. And when they, when they see it, 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 it dooms relationships. So there was a 2006 study done at the University of Western Ontario that showed that dishonesty is a major turnoff for both men and women. Participants were asked to read blurbs about people who were described as either intelligent or unintelligent, dependent or independent, honest or dishonest. And participants then rated the people that they had read about on several criteria, including how much they liked them. In the end, honesty was the only trait that had any significant effect on attractiveness ratings. Wow. I mean, you know, look at some of those things, independent, dependent, intelligent, unintelligent. And yet the only one, the only criteria, the only factor, the only trait that significantly impacted attractiveness was the issue of honesty or dishonesty. So it's a big one. It's a big one. And again, coming out of a one-year hibernation, there may be a temptation to uh, not be fully honest and forthright. Uh, Maybe, you know, you think, man, I can't say that I just didn't do this and that and wasted a year or whatever the case may be. But I'm encouraging you that uh, honesty is the best policy. The truth will set you free, as Jesus said. It's the best way to go is to just be upfront and honest. And being dishonest is going to do you no good. It's not going to help you in any way, shape, or form. So 10 things that make you less attractive and thus what can you turn turn it around? Just turn around the dishonesty to honesty. Dis, by the way, means loss of. So whenever you see dis in front of a word, it's the loss of. So dishonesty is the loss of honesty. So let's be honest and open 
and that will make us more attractive all the way around. So here's another one, heavy smoking and drinking. When researchers recruited more than 200 young women to look at photos and bios of young men, they found that the men whose bios indicated they smoked frequently were less attractive than non-smokers, especially when it came to long-term relationships. And again, same thing with heavy drinkers. Heavy drinkers were rated as less attractive, less attractive frequent drinkers. So drinking and smoking make you less attractive. That's just it. You know, there if you if you spent this uh, pandemic watching all kinds of movies and gone to the old movies, you see a lot of smoking in the old movies. It seems to be cool. But whatever the cool factor was when it comes to smoking, that is gone. That has passed. It's no longer seen that way. They don't have them as much anymore, but they used to have the smoking rooms in airports like a smoker's prison. You know, you'd walk by and there are all these people huddled in there, could barely see, it's glass, they have glass, you could barely see because there's so much smoke. It's, it's seen, it's just seen negatively. People gather outside the smoke and it's just not a pretty picture. And certainly alcohol use, the dumbest, stupidest things people ever do, they do when they're drinking. The most ridiculous, rude, insensitive things people ever say is when they've been drinking. The alcohol does not help you. It makes you less attractive. It can cause you to say and do things that will damage your dating potential, damage your relationships all the way around. So there's no good that comes out of the smoking and the drinking. It's not going to help you. It's not going to make you more attractive. It's going to end up making you less attractive. All right, here's the third one. This is a little bit of a curve, but bad grammar. Yeah, L listen to this study. A majority of men and women rejected online suitors solely due to bad grammar in their dating profiles. 75% of 9,000 online daters also admitted that they would reject someone who could not pass a fifth grade spelling bee. So there's something to, to say about grammar. You know, a, a lot of pressure comes with texting someone new. Something as simple as an exclamation point, you know, used the wrong way. Bad grammar is like a first degree offense. Now, I know I've heard from my own uh, sons and others, you know, that grammar goes out the window when you're texting. You don't have to follow all those rules. And, and uh, hey, that's probably true. But the studies tell us that, you know, as you get into more and more communication that is written in some way, uh, it sends a bad message. Now, let's shift from just the dating stuff to the professional side of things where I think this is huge. Absolutely huge. People who receive uh, email communication with grammatical errors just simply present themselves in a negative light. Now, look, I'm, I'm biased. There's no doubt, you know, 
I'm a, a professional writer. It's, you know, what I do. So I'm pretty big on the grammar. And uh, so we'll have to take out to a certain degree my bias that I have that is a very programmer. But again, the survey, the study says that bad grammar and dating profiles is a is a turnoff, is is a negative and that someone might reject you and you never get there. And then you think about in the professional world, just how it just simply shows and reveals you in a positive light, in a negative light instead of a positive light. I've received, you know, in, in terms of my leadership role for years, you know, I just can't even imagine how many emails I received. And I've been stunned by people who, you know, have college graduates, some even might have a master's degree. And the grammar's like just stunningly bad. And uh, you know, it doesn't it doesn't make for a good impression for sure. So taking a little extra time, maybe using Grammarly or one of these other uh, tools to help you to just make sure you present yourself in the in the best possible light in the most uh, intelligent way that you can. So here's another here's another way that you can be less attractive in uh, poor manners. The restaurant uh, dates are going to be coming back here. Don't forget your basic manners if you want to have a second date. Bad table manners were, according to a Ladbroke study, <laughs> Ladbrokes, yeah, broke lads, it was the biggest turnoff for both men and women. The bad manners, including uh, eating with your mouth open, being rude to the waiter, licking your fingers, my personal all-time negative, drumming your fingers on the table. Now, again, you know, may say, hey, Rick, come on, this stuff doesn't matter. But study says that was the biggest turnoff. So you're going out on a date, you're in a restaurant again, your manners are important. And, and again, the thing to think about is you've been eating, you know, inside for so long. You've been eating by yourself. And maybe even your once good manners, you know, have kind of fallen by the wayside. We'll talk about some more of that in a moment. And so here you are now where you kind of have to uh, say, man, I got to get back to uh, realizing I'm eating with someone else and not just by myself. And the things that I was doing when I was alone cannot apply when I'm trying to uh, make a good impression on a date. So the manners matter. And as you go out on those dates, and again, professionally, you know, you had these meetings. I've had a million of them in my career. You know, lunch meetings, dinner meetings, and those kind of went by the wayside. And now they're coming back. And the way you present yourself professionally in terms of your table manners is huge, absolutely huge. And if you're in things like sales, you, you certainly don't want to make a bad first impression. So got to get those manners back and make sure you present yourself in the best possible way. Here's another way. Uh, this is kind of fascinating. Not having a hobby. One of the most attractive traits in a person is a passionate interest in something. In a study's test subjects were more likely to rate people with specific hobbies as attractive. I mean, it's just fascinating to think about.
psychologist Rachel Needle at the Center for Marital and Sexual Health in South Florida was quoted in the Healthy Way magazine, people are more attracted to those who are passionate about something. When people are excited and passionate about their interest, it can be attractive. So again, you know, you've had this year of, of uh, pandemic-related hibernation and um, time to get back out there. And, you know, what what's the hobby you want to re-engage with? Or maybe you were able to do it. That would be even better while you were in uh, this pandemic. Having a hobby makes you attractive. Being someone who has a passionate interest in something makes you look good to other people, makes you more attractive and appealing to other people. So if you don't have something you're passionate about, it's probably uh, good to find something that you can do or that you enjoy doing. And if you are, it's certainly something to share. Because people will find someone who's passionate to be a more attractive person than someone who does not have any kind of hobby or particular interest. Now, this one's I think is going to seem pretty, you know, like logical and sure, but being mean, being mean. In 2014, there was a Chinese study. Researchers had men and women look at photos of other people with neutral expressions. The Chinese words for decent and honest were given with some of the photos, while others were tagged with mean or evil. Overall, participants overlooked physical factors and rated people as least attractive when they were described as mean. I don't think that's shocking, but I think it's still worth noting and remembering if you come across mean, you're going to come across as less attractive if you come across as more kind you're going to come across as more attractive if you want to impress the person that you're beginning a new relationship with your kindness is going to impress them your meanness is going to turn them off in a professional setting if you're in a situation where you have an opportunity to show your kindness or your compassion where you have an opportunity to share story that illustrates that that's the way to go and if you find yourself uh, in the mean category then you need to do something about that because that is not a quality that is going to help you or bless you in any way shape or form I'm someone that received my training in communication and part of it was nonverbal communication. It's fascinating. It's an incredible field, really, because we focus so much on the verbal, but nonverbal communication is huge. And one of the biggest ones is crossed arms in terms of making yourself less attractive. 2016 research study those who display a contractive body language are seen as less attractive than those who are more open or look more open. For the study, researchers created two sets of profiles for men and women on a dating app. In one set, the men and women were posed in contractive positions. That, that means uh, crossing your arms, 
uh, hunching over your shoulders. The other set posed in expansive positions. That would mean holding their arms upward in a V or reaching out to grab something. Results showed those in expansive postures were selected way more often than those in contractive postures. Isn't that amazing? Judge a book by its cover, you know, that, that sort of concept, you know, pictures worth a thousand words, those, those things. Might be worth looking at your dating profile, seeing what it shows. I'm always amazed, again, because I've been trained in this, so I see it. I'm always amazed when speakers cross their arms. It's just, it's like the absolute no-no. Don't ever do that. You should never cross your arms in giving any sort of speech. Just like people who put their hands in their pockets and speak. Another huge no-no. Because it it communicates that you're not serious. The pocket, the hands in pocket, it's like a casual, I'm not really serious. So then why should people listen to what you say? Your crossed arms presents a very closed off picture for people. And so people view it as mad or, or again, mean to you to go back to a previous way. They, they don't see it in a positive light as, at all. So your body language is really, really important. It's all part of the act of listening. But when you open yourself up, which is to kind of, you know, uh, just open your whole body up in terms of your 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 arms nothing's crossed you you lean in like you're interested instead of leaning back like you're not interested eye contact all those things without saying a word say to someone this person is interested in talking with me they're a listener they want to hear what i have to say and again whether you're talking about dating whether you're talking about professional relationships, listening is huge. And when your body language is open, again, you're not crossed and on your arms or legs, you're slightly leaning forward, giving good eye contact. The, that says, I'm listening, I'm interested. And it's a very, very positive stance to take. And it will make you more attractive. People want to be listened to. And if they perceive you as someone who's interested in what they have to say, that is going to go very, very well for you. And again, just coming out of this season that we've been in, we're a little out of practice in these things. And it's it's time to to get back into practice. So let's, let's talk about another one that just flows right into this. And, and this is really just like on the personal hygiene side. I read a story about the difference in people's grooming habits during the pandemic, people taking less showers and just the whole routine, less hair being done, less makeup for women, clothing, you know, we all know all about this. Those days now are, are coming to an end. And it's, it's really important that our personal hygiene step back up to the way it should be. People want to see us at our best. And our best means that we're showered, we're, we smell good, 
we, we present ourselves, we look good, we wear the clothes that look best on us. And again, for some, like you say, well, I haven't been to the gym in a year. Okay, then, you know, it's time to get back into it. Time to, to get back, get your game back and uh, be able to fit into the clothes that you used to wear. And, you know, if you think this is shallow, I think you're making a mistake. I think you're, uh, you know, if you think, well, this is society putting things on me. It's, it's not society. It's people. It's the way people are. And again, if you don't care about a, being attractive, then okay, fine. But the point of this is for those of you that would like to be dating, for those of you who would like to be succeeding in your career, your look matters. There's no doubt about it. How you smell, how you look, the clothes that you're wearing, they all communicate a lot. Again, that nonverbal communication it says a lot about you and, and how you see yourself and and again how you see other people that you have respect for them so that you're not just going to just show up any old way so maybe you've gotten comfortable you know with wearing the sweats the stretchy pants whatever and you know not showering as often not putting on your makeup all these other things and you think oh i'm you know free of that but from attractiveness standpoint uh, you did it before, you can do it again. You had your little break and now it's time to, to just kind of re-engage in society, in this world. And, and again, relationships are hugely important. If you're single, it's great to be in a relationship. There's no doubt about it. All of us know that at the end of the day, it's the relationships we have that are the most meaningful of all the things in life. So whether we're talking about extended family, we're talking about friends, coworkers, or romantic relationships, they're really important. And we need to make sure we're doing all that we can to be as attractive as we possibly can be. Now, here's one more, and this one is kind of uh, bizarre um, because it's kind of counterintuitive. So in 2001, researchers gave a thousand people photographs of members of the opposite sex and asked them to rate their attractiveness. Listen, just listen to this. Results showed that women rated men most attractive when they displayed pride and least attractive when they looked happy. Men, on the other hand, rated women most attractive when they looked happy and least attractive when they displayed pride. So for those of you who need reason number 1001 for why men and women are different, uh, here you go. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Yeah, no kidding. So women actually like that look of a man that is more, attract more attracted to them, that is more confident. And uh, men prefer the look that is more happy from a woman. So that's what the survey says. And you can do with it what you want. But um, I do think that women, by and large, find men that are confident to be attractive. And I think that men do find women that seem to be happy. You can use a word like sweet in terms of happy for, for women. That's a word I would use. You can, for men, you know, you, you look at these guys that are kind of just uh, aimless and slackers and that's not attractive for a woman. She doesn't want to pursue a significant relationship that could lead to marriage. 
with a man that that is going to be playing video games till one in the morning and is not serious about his career and does not appear to be someone that could be a good provider and, and have children and raise children and all those sorts of things. So it's, it's, it's a big one. And then in the professional world, you know, when you are appear to be confident, uh, it works for you when you are happy instead of sour and negative, it works. These things work. And so the survey, you know, a thousand people, that's no small survey. Just, you know, look at these photographs and rate attractiveness. So you see all these nonverbal cues and all this that I think are really fascinating. So there's 10 ways to, uh, you know, you, you can make yourself less attractive. And again, how can you turn around and be more attractive? 10 ways to be more attractive uh, to to people. And as we move into this era now of re-engaging, it's just really, really, really important. So I hope you'll take these to heart and it'll make you even happier yourself as you re-enter and uh, that it will lead to uh, very positive experiences in your dating, in your professional life and, and, all, and all the rest. So thanks again for joining us on another episode of the Point of Impact podcast. Again, Appreciate you subscribing, sharing reviews, and uh, sharing this with podcasts with those people that you think might enjoy it and like it. And uh, got a big event coming up in Atlanta, Georgia, your comeback on Saturday, June the 26th. So if you're in the Atlanta area or even South Carolina or Florida and are looking for a live event, this will be a live in-person event that will be taking place. You can go to your comeback event com yourcomebackevent.com and you can find out more information uh, about the event talking about how you can have a personal and professional comeback in your life and uh, man we sure do need it i'll be speaking along with dr mark rutland it's going to be really great love to have you uh, at that event uh, next month the year comeback event well have a great week and i will see you again next week You've been listening to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.